0: This is Cockatrice Nuggets with Rich Frazier, serving you up a heaping helping of RPG nuggets straight to your gaming table. Last night we headed out to the City of Brass. I popped up this, this article right here. ahead and paste that in Yeah, this is basically talking about the currency, the exchange rate, and uh, how much it costs to exchange money. Also, anything is available in the City of Brass but it is outrageously expensive so I pop this up here and uh, brass pieces are 5 gold pieces. Things are pretty expensive in the City of Brass. Basically it's double the maximum that a uh, magic item will cost. An uncommon magic item, the maximum will be, what is that, I have no idea, 600? So times 5, no that's 30, I don't know, I can't think right now. An uncommon magic item max will be one hundred so it'll be um hundred and twenty. And that is uh brass pieces again, so one hundred and twenty times five. Rare items are gonna be forty thousand gold, very rare are hundred thousand gold, and legendary are three hundred thousand gold. Which they've been getting a lot of gold, so I don't feel uncomfortable doing this. We also I I apparently in finding a magic item on D and D Beyond, I apparently missed one of the Missed one of the lines here. Let's see. Yeah, so I, I missed this line here. Uh, if the character sees a specific magic item, first decide if it's something you want to allow in your game. If so, include in the desired among items for sale on a check total of 10 or higher if the item is common, 15 or higher if uncommon, 20 or higher if rare, 25 or higher if very rare, and 30 or higher if legendary. So I totally missed that. And so I was like, I hate this idea of you pick a magic item, and you make a successful roll, and you get it. So we did that, and it says include the desired among the items for sale. There's this table, and it's basically roll a d4 to see how many magic items are offered to you. So we rolled a d4, included those magic items in the total. If there were extras, I rolled on a table, there weren't extras. So yeah, everybody got what they wanted. Let's see, I was having issues with World Anvil yesterday. It was not saving my stuff. So it was quite difficult. I got into my session and my session were gone. <laughs> I spent like an hour setting this up. So I remembered my plot points and what I wanted to do, but it all fell apart. So we ended up doing a lot of improv. Let's see here. So what happened? First of all, the question. The question, what could you never afford as a child, but can now? And why is that important? Some rando could never afford a nice set of armor or weapons. Even when it issued standard military equipment, the flimsy, rusty garbage always left in wanting. Now holding whelm in one hand and a nice warhammer in the other, some will be able to realize his full potential. Very cool. I like that. Lawson was raised in relative poverty. He came, came so... He came so covet all things shiny he came so to covet all things shiny his eye patch which he didn't buy but took off an enemy is the height of going to him and shows all to all that he is a man of wealth something that roger could never afford as a, oh there's no space there something that roger could never afford as a child who's good food while living in the old country at the nine hells his family would eat anything they came across their family coat of arms read no belly empty no child hungry That included the meat of intelligent creatures slain by the family, a habit Rogers still carries to this day. The fact that he can make anything taste gourmet good, even stuff that would ordinarily give you the shakes, is a product of his extreme rough upbringing. Magnus didn't have to worry about price growing up, nor did he feel the desire to buy things. He just prefers to receive or to claim. Ark always wanted this fancy crown he saw on a windowsill growing up, wanting to play king and his men. However, the king himself bought the crown and wore it ever since, crushing the little boy's dreams. Now, though, thinking about it, it leaves a sour taste in his mouth. Actually, wanting something that horrible man had. He's going to be wearing that crown when they see him, I think. They got uh, one ex- experience point. They picked up some brazen amulets, which helped them in the extreme heat of the elemental plane of fire. They found their blacksmith. Or they found a blacksmith. I've got a list of. They, they took a wicked downtime before heading out to the, the city of brass. There was some stuff that Loston wanted to buy, and it was going to be cheaper if he could find it in Sigil instead of buying it in City of And he ended up finding most of it, I think. He got three or... I think he got three. Three roles as before. Oh, no, it says right here. He bought an animated shield instead of leather and a shipweed. Roger and Magnus performed religious service. Miles healed in the name of Our Lady some brought, bought a belt of hill giant strength and boots of levitation Ark bought a plus three maul for magnus we'll get into uno later here's my list of things to do the helm of opposite alignment roger wants that for the hand and eye effect now so if he puts them on he can do the he can oppose the alignment if the the hand and eye turn him chaotic evil then he could throw that on and be lawful good <clears throat> it's an interesting idea I don't know that cursed magic item is going to overpower an artifact. The blue lady has a symbol now. It's two eyes on a blue field. We're gonna skip this one here. Axum is one of the NPCs in uh, the City of Brass book and that thing is hard to read uh, at a table. It is huge, it is massive, so it is difficult to find stuff in there, especially when when it's not really listed, I, I, I don't know if it's not listed or I just couldn't find it, but it did not give the race of Axum, so I made him a gen, an air genie. They Axum Aks, is the blacksmith outside the city. He is a renowned blacksmith. He's the one who makes the brazen amulets, a secret known to him and his lead Azer. The the party bought two Azers off of him, Rafik and Nazil. They are going to be the party's non blacksmith. Because they need to, they need to have this weapon craft, crafted as out of the Gazarian ore, and that the person who makes this weapon can never craft another weapon. I got a hyper kitty in the background. Miles prayed for uh, divine inspiration. He really likes using this, and I don't blame him. It's it's pretty good. So I should make note of that somewhere. I need to make a timeline. I need to make a kicker's timeline. I started on it. But I need to start uh, putting stuff in there so to make sure that he can't use this for seven more days So the blue lady, he he asked how he could free the slaves in the city of brass. That's 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 not gonna happen even Even if the current sultan was overthrown a free really like their slaves, so it's they they are evil evil, so They are not going to give that up. That's not something that's gonna happen. But if the tyrannical rule were relaxed, maybe the slaves would be treated a little better. <clears throat> At the last moment, I offered up uh, a name of one of the, the, the NPCs in City of Brass. She, and she is a she's basically like a rebel leader in City of Brass. She is one of the main quest givers in the story line. It's not really storyline. It's more of a sandbox, but she's one of the main quest givers. I need to stat up the people for the train. I keep putting this stuff off. I am slacking on prep. I'm taking an hour a week basically for prep, which is all I really need to get through uh, a session. But I'm not doing the big stuff on the outside. So I need to sit down and um, do some of this big stuff. And uh, a lot of it right now is I get frustrated when I open that City of Brassby because it's so huge. It takes so long to load a second page. And then I move to my, my, my tablet, my Surface, like... It's even slower, so I come to sit in front of my computer, I get frustrated, I have Minecraft, and then it's all downhill from there. So anyway, let's see, what happened? They got to the city of Brass. They they met a djinn, Isha, Isha, Shah, the Mighty. <laughs> I remember it this time. So Shah the Mighty said they could, they could use his residence this time because he was not staying there. he will introduce him to their servants so they can, they can go in and out of the portal anytime they want they basically killed killed someone for him. they killed a uh, a demon tank Sanphapha Sankrophel, Sankrophel, something Sankrophel, I think. this was a big deal to him so they, they, they didn't really ask about it I had a little exposition on it but it skipped over really fast M- more my fault than theirs let's see here so they uh, they took the portal to the city of brass and they all had an agenda. They wanted to find these blacksmiths that they that they were insistent were in the City of Brass. <laughs> I'm not sh- exactly sure where they got that from, that, that the, the weapon has to be crafted in the City of Brass. As only the fires of the elemental plane of fire are hot enough to melt this core. So I think that that may have came from it, but I they, they would have been able to find uh, basically an apprentice anywhere. Let's see, part of the group went off to do that. Magnus went off on his own to try to get his sword enchanted. I'm not really big on the whole enchanting thing. I think that that would take a long time to craft a magical weapon. I, I just don't know. I don't. I don't know. I haven't thought. I, I didn't have too much thought of it. I, I pulled out a rune from Storm King's Thunder, checked the price on that, and said this is how much it's going to cost, and uh, yeah, he didn't he didn't realize the conversion rate or something. There was a, there was a um, typo in my article, so that kind of led to the confusion. So he realized that, wow, he didn't, he didn't have anywhere near the money. He, he just kind of uh, piddled off his time in the city of Brass, taking in the sights, not filled off. No. He took in the sights, wandered the bazaar, and then went home. Roger was like, how many slaves can I get away with, Frank? that being caught. And I was like, hm, none. <laughs> They're all very guarded, all out in the open. So he was like, oh, I got a really high stealth. And I was like, okay, let, let's do it. Let's do it. DC 30, disadvantage, go. He rolled a 34 and a 26, I think. He used his inspiration. He's doing this, these religious sacraments. Every every downtime he gets that are giving him inspiration. He spent an inspiration to raise him five points. The rule says it's he gets 2d6 inspiration, and or he gets inspiration for 2d6 days at the beginning of the day. But he talked me into, which it wasn't very hard, just giving him all in one large expir- inspiration for And he's he's using it aggressively. <laughs> Which is fine. It, it, it's easier to keep track of. It's easier to just write a number down and start nicking it off. And that way, like, if they take like that week of downtime, it would have wasted all its inspiration. I'm fine with that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't uh, overpower it. I like the idea of inspiration being thrown around. Um, it's a little more exciting. And like I said, I don't give out inspiration enough. So uh, it, it helps remind me that it's there to die. All right, let's see. So I say he gets it. He sneaks up behind some young lad, starts fiddling with the collar on his neck, and I tell him, all right, the collar starts to slip off. What do you do? So I cast Invisibility and pulls him out of the ranks that he's being marched down the street. And within 30 seconds, the alarm is thrown up. The, the guards are looking around for one that's escaped, that has disappeared. Uh, so again, I ask Roger, what do you do? And he says, I, I, I tail it out of the city. Roger takes him out into Obsidian uh, Road, where the line to get into the city of Brass is. And this is an immense line. This is weeks long. There is a, a person who makes money hiring people to stand in line for other people so they can wander the, 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 the shanty town, basically, that's popped up around this line. The um, Obsidian Road is 80 miles long. And it is full of people, so this is this is an eternal line. This is something that if you're waiting in this line, man, you better you better hope you don't get thrown out to the back of it when you get up front. There are of course quicker ways in, especially if you're in a free, or if you have a writ that from an a free. But but generally you're going to be spending a lot of time in this line and uh, maybe paying off someone to stand in the line for you. Roger's plan is to forge papers, and I explained to him that. He's, he's going to be harassed every time that... First of all, this guy can't walk around by himself. If he walks around by himself, then he is going to be uh, harassed. He is going to be snatched, probably, as a slave. He is young, naive, and knows nothing else of being a slave. But being a slave. So he's going to be obvious, plus he is branded uh, tattooed by his owner. Not having a collar means something's wrong, so he would get snatched up uh, by somebody else. So Roger says, okay, I'm going to make the paperwork, say, I'm going to forge some paperwork to say that he's mine. And I say, okay, that's going to, you're still going to get harassed a lot. And when you present that paperwork, it's going to get doubted highly, but we'll we'll deal with that when that time comes. So he was planning on getting a magical tattoo, a magical tattoo that basically lets him stow his weapon like a a hexblade uh, warlock. So he takes the boy because the first digit of his name, he does not have a name, he has a number, was one, so that it became Uno. He takes the boy to the tattooist and asks the tattooist to tattoo over his markings. And the tattooist makes a big deal out of it and uh, says that if something were to happen and uh, he was questioned about this, he would have no choice to come a marker. Not that he knows Roger's name or anything like that. And if he said something about it, it if... If I'm questioned about this, I will have to tell them the truth that I was forced to do this by you. And and Roger agreed. So he paid some 400 gold for hush money and uh, bought himself a tattoo. Which he he got away with time-wise. I was looking at tattoos earlier and the size of the tattoo and the time it would take. I knew this going into it, but uh, I didn't realize uh, the die roll was pretty high. 14d6. Or 16d4. 16d4 hours so at the minimum 16 hours he did not spend that much time. I was thinking more like eight or 12 hours that's not too far off I guess but so he got away with that time but time time not necessarily a big deal. <clears throat> sorry in this case it's not a big deal. like I said I need to keep better track of time uh, it, when I was using OneNote it was really easy I was doing it consistently uh, but now I am not not doing so good so let's see yeah and after that we went back to the blacksmith boys they they talked to axum a song axum axum i don't know i don't know how i pronounced it last night i don't think it was axum but anyway so they talked to axum and he 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 very much acted like a slave owner, uh to them he um talked down about the boys but not, not about the boys about the the slaves his blacksmiths apprentices and uh, he, he made a big show of it. The cleric, Miles, is, doesn't know exactly how to talk to people. He barges in and makes a fuss. That kind of portrays his half the nature, maybe. But Ark was there, and Ark was basically the, the original face of the group. So Ark has got, gotten used to how, how I roll when it comes to kissing ass and playing charisma, charismatic characters. And I have gotten used to having an uncharismic player play a charismatic character, which is a little difficult. So I take, like I said, Will's gotten better at it, but I take what Will says and I I enhance it in my mind. And Will will say stuff like, what did he say last night? That was really good. It was. Uh, I give him the respect that he thinks he is. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. He likes that. So I, I more listen to... What what Will's intent is, and I I up it. And like I said, Will's gotten a lot better at playing this character. Uh, he's level fifteen or sixteen, so he's had a lot of time with it, and he's gotten a lot better and a lot more used to me, and a lot more how my asshole NPCs work. And I don't need a lot of rolls for stuff. I don't like rolls for stuff. I don't I don't like rolling if something interesting is not going to come out of it. So if we were to have a uh, diplomacy roll here. Of some sort, what what would come out of it? Would he jack up the prices of the slaves? Would he throw them out? There's not that much interesting that could happen there. I was already going to charge him 5,000 gold for a slave, and that was a pretty standard going rate. It is so smoky out there today. Um, I left one window open, and the whole house smelled like smoke when I walked out of my bedroom. So they talked Axum into buying two slaves, two apprentices, and uh, it it came up a couple times. First of all, for me, I was like, "Okay, Miles, why why do you want to buy more than one? You only need one." And he's, "Because like, they're slaves." And I was like, "Oh, that's sweet. That's an awesome idea." And then I I think that at least one other person asked that question later, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, there's," and it wasn't clear that he was he that they were slaves at first because he they asked to buy his his apprentices, and he says, "I'm no slaver. I'm a blacksmith." And what I had meant by that was I, I don't sell slaves I sell blacksmith and blacksmith accessories taste the heat. meat not the heat lost anyway I, I I'm I'm a I'm a slaver or I'm a blacksmith not a slaver meaning that he does not deal in slaves he deals as a blacksmith but they took that as oh these guys aren't slaves I don't I don't I don't work with slaves. That kind of confused the situation and then once that was cleared up, it wasn't cleared up with everybody at once. It was kind of cleared up for people one at a time. At the end everybody agreed, oh yeah, let's get as many as we can. And so after that they they tried to talk the, the two into giving up their their blacksmithing apprentice career, which did not go over as well as they hoped, but they found a a loophole, if you will, in my in my story, and that it was that they could not craft another weapon so they can continue being blacksmiths but they they would not be able to craft weapons which is that's that's a pretty good deal especially if blacksmith is your calling so yeah they've got a couple of azers they've got a a new slave and that was it it was a it was kind of a a low-key adventure the downtime at the beginning really set the tone for it and it was a lot of jumping back and forth role-playing like i said world anvil ate my story that it, it wasn't there wasn't a lot there. There was there was four encounters. There were four, three with NPCs and one with the guard. But I, I never saw a chance to throw those in because they all hinged on most of them hinged on the guard. And then after the guard, the two of the other ones would would have happened, would have been triggered. And the 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 first one would have been triggered when they were all together. But actually, it probably would have been better to trigger it uh, when they weren't all together. It might have been interesting. I think I should have done that. I should think I should have got gotten maybe Magnus or Loston. something a little more interesting to do because they Magnus unfortunately got roped. He thought he was doing something that he uh, was not able to do, and Loston was sowing seeds for future trips to the City of Brass. But yeah, that that's what happened. It was pretty good, pretty good. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I again I I felt unprepared. I felt like I was flipping through the book. The whole time, I felt like I was going for the whole time, but I I feel like, I feel like I slide under the radar a lot when I'm looking stuff up. I feel like, I feel like I do this when they're having conversations. Sometimes conversations I should be paying attention to, but I, I think it, it it went over well. I I didn't feel good about it. There was a lot I could have done better, Uh, but I think everybody had a good time. That's all the nuggets we've got this week. Show notes available at slackernerds.com. Want to reach out? Send a voice message using the link in my show notes, the Anchor FM app or website, or email me at cockatreesnuggets at gmail.com. Check out my new streams on twitch.tv slash jerry247. As always, you can use my blog at Slacker Nerds to get links to my Patreon and all my other socials. Come join my new Discord server. Links in the show notes. This podcast is ranked via iTunes, so leave me a review and some stars there. Share with your friends or shout out from the rooftops. However you want to get the word out it's great for me.